Talk 1110-993 WBT, the Pete Callender Show. I am Pete. Thanks again to Congressman Dan Bishop for joining me in the last hour. And just coincidentally, we got the release of the redacted affidavit used to justify the raid, sorry, the trans raid of Donald Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago in Florida. And uh, let me just read to you from page nine here. Uh, These concerns are particularly compelling in this case. Again, this is used to justify getting a search warrant, which seems like a general warrant, which I thought was unconstitutional. I thought you had to be specific, but uh, apparently not. Uh, These concerns are particularly compelling in this case, as explained in the affidavit. In short, the government has well-founded concerns that steps may be taken to frustrate or interfere in the investigation. All the was the redactions. It's literally an entire page of redactions, except the very first sentence at the top. They say, as explained in the affidavit, and then everything is redacted. And then it concludes, in short, the government has well-founded concerns. So the, uh, the explanations offered as a general heading were witness protection, right? That if you, uh, we, have to, we have to seize this stuff, we have to go after this stuff, and now we need to redact what we're going after and why and all of that. We have to redact all of this because the witnesses might be threatened, uh, Agents might be threatened, so protection of the agents. Um, Also, uh, it would provide an investigative roadmap for the target of the investigation who could then frustrate the effort, right? Those are the, that's the idea behind the redactions. But that's all we know still. That's it. They're not telling us really anything else. Um... So hang on, I got an email here. Uh, Bishop speaks about the FBI and the DOJ never being held accountable. He's still in the U.S. Congress, right? Yes, he is. Always talking in terms of will in the future. Could we, may, if time allows. What about doing something now? I despise liberals, but they never stop furthering their cause. I thought, well, I mean, first off, when you're in the minority in the House, you, you can't do much of anything. Especially on, you think, like, who does he get to, who does he get to advance this legislation in the Democratic leadership of the House? How, how does one go about doing that? If you're talking about doing something legislatively, right, how do you go about doing that? You're in the minority party and you have a Democratic party that is probably aware, but also enjoying the benefits of a politicized and weaponized FBI central office uh, in D.C. So why on earth would they, it's helping them, why on earth would they seek to further what Bishop would like to see done, right? You can write the letters like Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson have done. You can go to the media, as Bishop has done. He did it just an hour ago, right? For the last hour he did it. Um, and he says, the time, and the t- if time allows, like I thought that was the response because I asked him, do you have time? To get this done, are you going to, is one term enough to, to, to move this? And that's going to be 
The issue is that if the Republicans take control of the House, they get subpoena power and they need to make this their primary focus. In judiciary, Bishop wants it to be so. Jim Jordan seems like he wants it to be so as well. But then you've got that Republican leadership. And if they try to put the kibosh on it or something, I don't know why they would do that, but they might. That's all in the future. I, I cannot read the future, so I don't know. Um, but, I mean, it it sounded to me like Congressman Bishop wants to do something about this. So um, I, would, I, I would advise with him, do not mistake his um, his his tone, his posture, because he's very thoughtful in the way he speaks, right? He chooses his words. Uh, do not mistake that for a lack of passion <laughs> for a particular topic. Um, and he'll get worked up. You see it sometimes in the hearings. Uh, I've seen him, uh, some of the videos that they put out. But here's what um, the WBT Newsroom uh, Mark Garrison, he wrote up for me because uh, he was able to read through all of the pages. He said, I am not a fast reader, but when most of the pages are redacted, it, it did make the job easier. He says, the affidavit says the FBI wanted to search Mar-a-Lago uh, and the president turned over 15 boxes of documents. Those boxes had a mix of everything from newspaper clippings to classified documents. So <clears throat> the Fed said that since Mar-a-Lago is not a secure facility, they wanted to look for more documents and look for evidence of any cover-up to conceal or destroy documents. Since, the, since Mar-a-Lago is not a secure facility, they wanted to look for more documents and look for evidence of any cover-up to conceal or destroy documents. Again, that sounds like a general warrant. Like, and you were not supposed, I thought, like, you were not allowed to do that you got to go in and ask for specific things. The affidavit also contains a letter from Trump lawyers saying the FBI was on a political hunt and that Mr. Trump had the authority to declassify documents in his possession. Uh, so thank you, Mark, for the write-up. Uh, Sean Davis from The Federalist says uh, they literally redacted all of their justifications for dozens of pages of worth of redactions. He says, your government detests you and the rule of law, and it's just mocking both at this point. So before uh, this news broke, and honestly, I, I was not aware that the uh, the deadline was approaching and that uh, I just happened to have booked Dan Bishop on at, I mean, it really was coincidental. Um, so I just happened to have him in. So I have all of this stuff that uh, about the FBI and the different whistleblower cases and they all tie in here because apparently the office up in D.C. was the one that did the raid, sorry, the trans raid in Florida. And they they cut out the local agents. Now, I said earlier, and Dan like disagreed with me when I said, you know, makes them look like idiots. I don't, I don't think they're idiots. I said, I said it sort of, and I didn't bother going down this path because it wasn't important. But my point was that when you're cut out of the loop and you got the local folks local media, local law enforcement, people are calling into your office, right? And they're saying, are you guys doing a raid on the president? And you're like, no, what are you talking about? It makes you look, it makes you look stupid. It does. I mean, just, this is like the whiz and matches that different law enforcement agencies have and whose jurisdiction and all that. But it makes you look like you don't know what's going on. Like you're cut out of the loop. And 
this all came out of DC. And I think and, and all of them come out of DC. I make the joke, it's like a television show where the same group of people are in on every single raid or trans raid. They're doing all of the big investigations. It's the same people over and over and over again. Seems like that would be the place to start. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, so let me go through some of the uh, the related stories here. You've got... You got two different chunks of whistleblower uh, stories coming out about the FBI. Okay, so first I want to start at the New York Post. This one, FBI starts off by saying FBI officials told agents not to investigate Hunter Biden's infamous laptop for months, vowing that the bureau was quote not going to change the outcome of the election again, according to. Whistleblower claims made public this week by uh, U.S. Senator Ron Johnson, Republican from Wisconsin. So a couple of things. First off, the FBI had the laptop. The FBI knew about it and they sat on it. They didn't let anybody look at it. And the rationale delivered to the rank and file was they did not want to, quote, change the outcome of the election again. What would be the first one that they changed? This was in 2019, December 2019, before 2020. So obviously they're talking about 2016. And what are they talking about? Jim Comey, the Hillary Clinton laptop that was, you know, remember how they got that? Remember how they got the, they, they got access to more of the emails? Or was it a laptop? Yeah, because they found, was it Uma Abedin's uh, um, laptop, right? And Anthony Weiner had access to it. And so they had to open it back up because it got pushed through by like some agents in a New York field office. According to the U.S. Senator, individuals with knowledge had told his office that local FBI leadership had slow walked the laptop investigation after the computer was recovered from a Wilmington, Delaware repair shop in December 2019. This is a letter that Johnson wrote to the Justice Department's Inspector General Michael Horowitz. Remember that guy? Yeah, he made some recommendations for disciplinary review. Remember that? It's like two years ago. Still nothing. What would be the local FBI leadership in... The Wilmington, Delaware area. I don't know the answer to that question. I seriously don't know. Would that be Washington, D.C.? Is that local leadership? Anyway, um, the whistle- these whistleblowers allege that the FBI did not begin to examine the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop until after the 2020 presidential election. And when you read through, seriously, like if you get a chance, if you're on Twitter, I'm not advising people to go there just for this. But if you are already in that uh, cesspool, go <laughs> go take a look at Congressman Dan Bishop's tweet about uh, the uh, Mark Zuckerberg audio. I'll play it again to probably this hour just to refresh if you're just listening to this hour on the podcast. But I highly recommend you listen to all three. But anyway, um Zuckerberg told Joe Rogan 
that the FBI had come to Facebook and told Facebook, be aware, we saw Russian propaganda in 2016, and there's going to be probably, we have word that, you know, be on alert that there's a Russian disinformation dump probably going to hit. And so what does Facebook do? They're on the lookout. They're on alert. And, oh, look at this. A New York Post story about Hunter Biden's laptop. And he's got videos and pictures of Hunter Biden doing crack and pictures with hookers and stuff. Oh, this is just craziness. That's got to be the disinformation. I mean, it's as crazy as, I don't know, like a uh, like some allegations that somebody's paying people to pee on beds or something, right? Like, that would be nuts. Nobody would believe that. Obviously, Russian disinformation. So... Let's go ahead and just spike that story. Oh, my gosh. And look, here's this letter that all of these intel agents uh, and officials sent out that said, this really looks like Russian disinformation. And lo, these years of our expertise, we have determined that this looks exactly like the Russians would do it. Which, by the way, I think is what the agent said in the affidavit as well. They said, in all of my years prosecuting former presidents, I know what this looks like. So therefore, I'm relying on my experience to direct my search, my raid, my trans raid of Mar-a-Lago. It's the same pattern over and over again, right? This, it's the same pattern. The whistleblowers say that they did not begin to examine the contents until after the 2020 presidential election because the FBI knew of the laptop Because it was dropped off in December 2019, they were told not to look at it. Local leadership had, quote, slow walked the investigation after it was recovered from a repair shop in December 2019. What does that mean? It was recovered in December 2019, which means they had it and they didn't do anything. They sat on it for 11 months. But then they probably found out, hey, you know what? This repairman, like the repairman says that they threatened him. They are like, don't you dare talk about this. And then he did. And they probably found out that, oh, hey, who's sniffing around now? Right? New York Post is sniffing around about this. So then maybe they go tell Facebook. They tell Twitter, hey, guys, be aware. It's going to be some Russian disinformation coming out soon. Just be on alert. And then, boom, laptop story drops. Boom comes the letter of the 57 Intel officials saying this looks like uh, uh, disinformation. Boom comes the censorship. See, this is the most compelling case, along with the changing of all of the election rules. That's the most compelling case for, quote, a rigged election. And it's actually forward-looking, too, rather than just mining grievances. I'd recommend people focus on those two things. Changing, you know, making sure the rules don't get changed and fixing the FBI. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. U.S. Senator Ron Johnson, he's got, uh, he wrote a letter to the uh, Inspector General of the Justice Department, Michael Horowitz, saying uh, that highly credible whistleblowers have accused the FBI of uh, the top brass of essentially suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop story, any investigation into it until after the 2020 election, which, by the way, The premise there was that they didn't want to affect the outcome of another election. They didn't want to change the outcome of the election again. That's what they were told. 
but you are meddling in the election by not investigating, right? When you, when you take a side at the beginning and say, I'm not going to do this investigation, even though, because you have no idea where that may lead, right? Or maybe they did. That's even scarier. But assuming they didn't know, why would you say don't even investigate? Because what if you have a president that's compromised? (laughs) So what what if the uh, what if you have a president who is getting like, I don't know, 10 percent of all of these deals? That would be a problem, no? You would have somebody who's in the Oval Office compromised by a foreign power. Isn't that something you should be aware of? Why would you not want to look at that? So that's one group of whistleblowers. That's one side of the story, okay? There's another side here of another group of whistleblowers, and they went to Chuck Grassley, U.S. Senator out of Iowa. And uh, Grassley says, highly credible whistleblowers are accusing the FBI and the DOJ of burying dirt on Biden by incorrectly dismissing the intelligence as disinformation. He made these claims in a letter to FBI Director Christopher Wray and Attorney General Merrick Garland. Wray was then forced to admit earlier this month under grilling from Republican senators that the allegations of FBI bias in the Hunter Biden probe were, quote, deeply troubling. Oh, wow, so forceful. And get this, Real Clear Investigations reported that the same unit running the probe of Donald Trump and the search of Mar-a-Lago, also conducted the botched Russia collusion probe. Same people. Paul Sperry, from Real Clear Investigations, reports that the FBI's nine-hour, 30-agent raid of the former president's Florida estate is part of a counterintelligence case being run out of Washington, not Miami, according to FBI case documents and sources with knowledge of the matter. Although the former head of Crossfire Hurricane, Peter Strzok, was late, that, that's the name of the Russia collusion hoax investigation that they ran. A coup attempt, essentially, right? I mean, that's what that was. What else would you describe it as? Is it a coup that doesn't identify as a coup? Is it a trans coup? Anyway, the uh, head of, of Crossfire Hurricane, Peter Strzok, he was fired after the disclosure of his vitriolic anti-Trump tweets Several members of his team, though, remain working in the counterintelligence unit, even though they're under active investigation by both John Durham and the Bureau's disciplinary arm, the Office of of Professional Responsibility. The FBI declined to respond to questions about any role they may be taking in the Mar-a-Lago case. Well, of course they would. A key member of the Crossfire team, though, is a fellow by the name of Brian Auten, A-U-T-E-N. And uh, you often remember that name. Sorry. He's a supervisory intelligence analyst. He has continued to be involved in politically sensitive investigations, including the ongoing federal probe of potentially incriminating content found on the abandoned laptop of President Biden's son. FBI whistleblowers have alleged that Auten tried to falsely discredit derogatory evidence against Hunter Biden during the 2020 campaign by labeling it Russian disinformation. An assessment that caused investigative activity to cease. What does that mean? It means this is the guy that shut it down, right? Okay. Auten 
has been allowed to work on sensitive cases like the Hunter Biden laptop story. He's been allowed to work on sensitive cases, even though he has been under internal investigation since 2019. That's when the Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz referred him for disciplinary review for his role in vetting the Steele dossier. The guy that, quote, vetted the Steele dossier has been under disciplinary review for two years. And he's still investigating cases of a sensitive nature like the Hunter Biden laptop story. And, oh, by the way, he's part of the team that is in on the trans raid of Mar-a-Lago. Guys, at some point, at some point, they think we're stupid, right? This is where we are now. Look, it takes a lot to radicalize me. I admit when I've become so. I, I said it during the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation hearing. You know, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. You guys, you lost it. It's gone. See, that's the thing with me, too. Like, you lose it and it's gone. You don't get it back. You don't have to earn my respect. Everybody gets a benefit of the doubt. Everybody gets the benefit. Like, I, I look at people. You have dignity. You have value and worth. You're a human being. I respect you as a human being. Uh, but God help you if you lose it. And, yeah, Diane Feinstein, Christy Blasey Ford, a lot of people in the journalism field, you radicalized me. You lost my respect. I do not believe anything you say anymore. I believe you to be bad faith actors. And that's how I now have to look at the FBI, no? What else am I to what else am I to conclude from this? I was the one I was not here in Charlotte, so you would not know this unless you were listening on the podcast at the time. So thank you for that. But I was the one, you know, back in the beginning of the Trump presidency, I said, let's let the Mueller investigation play out. I want all the information. Let's hear it. Let's see it. And then when you get to the end of it and it's like, oh, my God. And thank God we did go through that because now I can say this whole thing was a hoax. This whole thing was it. it how what else am I supposed to call this except an attempted coup? You tried to take out the sitting president of the United States. With the Steele dossier. What did Strzok tell Page? When Page said, he's not really going to win, he says, no, we won't let that happen. And then, of course, when Trey Gowdy pressed him on, what exactly did you mean by that? Peter Strzok, with his smirk, says, oh, it meant uh, the voters. Yeah, that's what you meant. The voters, the smelly people of Walmart, as you said in another text message to your lover. That's what you that's who you were talking about. Right. The smelly people of Walmart. They're the ones that are going to uh, uh, spare America. We're going to save America. We won't let that happen. That's who he was talking about. And when he's talking about insurance policies and stuff like that, wasn't the steel dossier. No, of course not. No, no, no. It was the election. We're going to at the ballot box. Bull. So it's horse hockey. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Ed Morrissey at HotAir.com. Looking over the uh, piece that I've been going uh, going over by uh, Paul Sperry at Real Clear Investigations, and Ed Morrissey says, all right, let's assume, just for the sake of this argument, let's assume that the search of Mar-a-Lago was predicated uh, on the mishandling of classified material, right? Let's just go down this path. And let's say that probably was, you know, intelligence matters or something, right? That would definitely fall under the D.C. office's um, 
that unit's purview, okay? Because they've been doing the – they did the Steele dossier. They, um, they, they, they sat on the Hunter Biden laptop, right? They, this is all coming out of that office, that unit. But the inclusion of this guy, Brian Auten, in the effort would be inexplicable. His credibility issues are not limited to the Russia collusion operation that blew up in the FBI's face. Three weeks ago, Chuck Grassley demanded answers from FBI Director Christopher Wray to allegations that the FBI, that senior FBI agents participated in a politicized effort to discourage coverage of Hunter Biden's laptop and the potential crimes it might have exposed. And guess whose name popped up in that letter, too? Auden's. August 2020, Auden opened an assessment which was used by FBI headquarters, by the team there, FBI HQ, to improperly discredit negative Hunter Biden information as disinformation and caused investigative activity to cease. Auden's assessment was opened in August 2020, which is the same month that Senator Johnson and Chuck Grassley received an unsolicited and unnecessary briefing from the FBI that purportedly related to our Biden investigation and a briefing for which the contents were later leaked in order to paint the investigation in a false light. What's he saying there? That Auden made this determination to kill the investigation into the laptop. And the same month, August of 2020, right, during the election, the FBI goes to Senator Johnson and, and Grassley and says, hey, um, got to have a briefing with you guys related to the laptop investigation. And then the details of the or the contents of that uh, of that meeting were leaked to media. And they were leaked to provide to paint rather the investigation in a false light. Paul Sperry at Real Clear Investigations goes on to note, in congressional testimony this month, Christopher Ray confirmed that, quote, a number of former Crossfire Hurricane team members are still employed at the Bureau while undergoing disciplinary review. In the meantime, Ray has walled off the former Russiagate investigators only from participating in FISA wiretap applications, according to the sources uh, that Paul Sperry has. So they're walled off. The Russia Gate, the Russia collusion hoaxers. Those people? Oh, they're walled off. Yeah, they're 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 under disciplinary review for two years. But they're only walled off in participating in FISA wiretap applications. That's why they're still running around going after the orange man. Why would the FBI have assigned this guy Auten to the investigation? There are obviously political risks here. Right. Especially that he's under disciplinary review and especially after he was named again by whistleblowers in Chuck Grassley's letter. Why would you put this guy anywhere near the Mar-a-Lago raid? Why would you put him anywhere near anything at this point? Political. It's a pretty good question to ask Ray next time he's in front of Congress. Also, uh, what's up with the disciplinary review? Why does that take years to to finish? You get a disciplinary review referred by the inspector general 
and it's been two years and still nothing? Like what? Kathy, in an email to Pete at the PeteCalendarShow.com, says, Pete, I'm wondering if Republicans regain control in November, if they're going to have enough time to get anything done. It looks like they're going to be occupied with many, many investigations. It does appear that way, yes. I am curious, too. And that's one of the, um, uh, that's one of the, the challenges. Because in, in the House, they're only in for two-year terms. And so uh, you get in there, and your first year is where you really got to make, you really got to make your case. You know, you, that's where you got to get things rolling. Because the second year, everyone's running for re-election. At that point. And so not a lot of stuff gets done. Um, Jennifer says, great interview with Dan Bishop today. Every time you have him on, I like him more. Uh, let me see here. This is, uh, what's, oh, uh, what is Dan Bishop's thoughts? Sorry, I didn't see the, sorry, I did not see this email uh, when Dan was in here, Joseph. I apologize. Uh Dan's thoughts on how we get to how we got to where elected officials have less power than ideological bureaucrats. Can anything be done outside of dismantling most of the federal government? We've already seen what they do to politicians and even a president they don't like. Um, I I don't know what, how he would answer that. I will tell you though that uh, while uh, on his way out the door here, we were you know chatting our goodbyes or whatever, and um, he did make a he did make a reference to. Um, how people get destroyed if you run up against these powers. And uh, he's aware. Look, I've been aware of this. I got into, I mean, I used to say this back literally in, in college, um, that I would, as a, you know, get into the uh, journalism space, and as a reporter, as a journalist, uh, you know, I kind of look at this uh, unholy alliance, this leviathan of, uh, you know, big business and government, but government, that to me, you know, the the, the really scary one. Um, and I realize that uh, as a journalist, you over time you get corrupted in various ways. It happens. Um, not like, you know, here's an envelope of money in the IHOP bathroom uh, like Jim Black did. But, um, no, like, you, you know, you, 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 you make deals, you cut corners, you get sloppy and lazy and whatever. You get corrupted over time. And so my... My goal was to just take as many stabs, as many whacks at the Leviathan as I could before it consumed me, you know? That's always been my philosophy as I got into this. And I don't know when that day comes, and hopefully I'll know when it does, and I'll be able to walk away saying, you know what? It finally did get me, but I got in a couple whacks.